The RCR shop has great gift ideas. From great looking tees, hoodies, caps, tote bags, bumper stickers and more. The RCR shop is now open at www.realitycheck.radio forward slash shop. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Back in September, we talked with Tahuia Bill Hamilton, treaty educator. We were talking about co-governance and, of course, what Julian Batchelor had been saying. It's been a while since I think we've heard that name, Julian Batchelor. Well, now it's 2024, and since uh, the end of September last year, the government has changed, as we all know, and we've had Waitangi Day and quite a bit of debate around uh, coalition policies and agreements um, in the last week or so, but certainly from October last year. So Tahuia Bill Hamilton is back with us in 2024. Kia ora, Bill. Great to see you. Kia ora, kia ora Paul. Great to be back again. How have you been? I've been good. I've been very good, yeah. What yeah. did you make of that um, election result? I didn't have, obviously, it was before when we chatted last time, so I'm curious to know. Oh, I th- I think it was predictable. I think um, Labor was on the way out, um, and um, and you know this uh, the coalition government was was going to be be formed. I think the agenda, you know, what what they've agreed to, might have come a bit of, as a bit of surprise to people. But the fact that those three, um, or as what's her name, um, Nader Glavish calls them, the three headed Tanifa. Okay. Um, yeah. You know they 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 were always going to be together. Um, might have been marginal whether um, New Zealand they needed New Zealand first or not, but wasn't a surprise that they did. It turned out that New Zealand first had quite um, well got quite a few um, points included. Let me put it that way in that coalition agreement. What is your opinion or impression of Winston Peters, because he is Māori, he is kaumatua, he's been through so much, he has such a career. Um, he's He has gravitas, even if you possibly don't support him. Oh, yeah, well, first of all, I don't support him, except I think he has done a couple of good things. Um, um, like, you know, I think the gold, I think the, you know, us golden oldies, we, we love him for the gold card. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. But um, you don't know, you know, like I, I think he's a grumpy old bugger at the moment. Um, he, He's, um, I think um, he's, I, I don't, I, I don't know how well he is, to be quite honest. I think. Right. Well, I've memory. asked him and he says he's feeling good, but I guess oh, anyone well. would say and that. And look, he, he looks, he looks, you know, he looks straight out of the Vogue magazines, if that's the equivalent, because, you know, he's, he's immaculate and all of that. And and the other thing is he's, he's, he's at times he's very coherent and at times he's not. He just doesn't make any sense at all. But, um, but look, he, he's a, he's been around a lot. I don't think, I don't think you'd give him much praise for what he's done for Māori in politics. Now, some Māori may disagree with me because they might like his style, but, but you know, I remember when he was Māori, Minister of Māori Development, and he did nothing. Um, and, you know, he's, 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 um, he's just as quick to, to, you know, have a downer on Māori people as he is to, you know, to want to patronise them a bit. But um, yeah, 
So he, he, he's, he's not my favourite politician. And then there's David Seymour, and I mention him because the controversial part of this coalition at the moment kind of revolves around him and the ACT Party. Um, what do you have to say about about that? It's really funny because um, so he he belongs to the hapu that is Tangata Whenua at Waitangi. They're called Ngāti Rehia. And they've met with him and talked with him. And um, even though he will trot out that I'm Māori, you know, he's Māori, he actually doesn't um, have any substance behind that. Um, like he hasn't engaged with them, even though they've, sort of said, well, we know you're whakapapa, you belong, blah, blah, blah. But he, he actually doesn't see, he doesn't see him be himself um, being, you know, like belonging to a marae or having a right to have access to language or or having a whakapapa that, um, you know, says I belong to this bit of land. He, I don't think, he, you know, he hasn't got any of those. He doesn't display any any interest in those those aspects. And I've had I've had a chat with some of the Komatua from from Ngati Rehia who have reached out to him because I'm you know he's he's one person I'm trying to understand because he just he's just so anti Māori with such a with a missionary zeal that I just keep thinking you know why is that why why is it that he can't open his mind and hear what Māori is saying so which I I think is um, you know, and and he's really really fixated about what Māori should be and how they should how they should be that way. He, I think, he confuses race with ethnicity. I think he confuses um, um, equality with being the same, because equality isn't isn't the same. You know, it's not they're they're different. You know, we we can have you know equal rights to language. But we don't have equal rights to the same language. We have equal rights to our own languages. And, you know, as, as an example, but he just, um, when he keeps making that statement that the people who come to New Zealand um, as new immigrants who arrive in Auckland today have got the same rights as Tangata Whenua, he actually doesn't understand rights and he certainly doesn't understand Rangateratanga. What about uh, this whole question surrounding principles of the treaty that yeah. were not part of the originally of the articles of the treaty? Well, I think, <clears throat> well, first of all, you know, the way he's approaching it is is, is wrong from a, a number of points of view. But I think we've got to, you know, probably the simplest way I can um, explain the treaty based on, you know, the hundreds of groups that I've worked with is that Article 1 is about the rangatira giving the Crown an authority to govern. They were allowed to set up government, to bring all of the constitutional issues from Britain, you know, such as property rights and freedom of speech, individual rights, all of that. They were able to do that and set up a government that primarily was there to look after the lawless um, British people who were here. That was what was given to them. I'll talk about what happened in a minute, but that was what was given to them. So the rangatira gave the Crown an authority to set up a government and to govern. They also, um, rangatira kept their rangatira tanga. They kept all of their authority 
over all of the lands, territories and resources and values that they had, and the Crown promised to protect that. So, And then the third part of it was, was about the Crown giving um, Fano equal rights, the same rights as British subjects. So when we talk about the principles that have been designed from that, the most common ones are partnership, protection, and participation. And I think if you have a look at, at what's happened with Article 1, where the Crown was given an authority to govern its own people, that through colonisation, Māori and Alfano have become subject to that, that governance as well. And But I don't think, and when you have a look at Article 2 being about the right to hold on to Rangatiratanga, I think Article 1 is about partnership. You know, so that any laws, policies and practices that were developed would be developed in partnership. And I don't think partnership is a principle, although the courts have named it that. It's actually an obligation. It's a it's a, an obligation. And when you call it an obligation, it's got some standards that apply to that, you know, such as the, the right to participate in decisions that affect you. And, dis, dis, you know, the disability community has that. They say nothing about us without us. And um, and the other thing is there's a right to good faith cooperation that's part of partnership, a part, yeah, part of partnership. And there's a standard called um, free prior and informed consent. So that's partnership. Now, the courts have got hold of that and they've called it a principle and, and they've defined it in its own way. But laming it a principle allows it to be used in any way possible. You know, like, for example, the lowest level of con consultation instead of the highest level of, of engagement. So, you know, calling it a principle just um, gives too much to to one side to define what that is. The other thing is that, you know, if you're doing anything like naming principles, you've got to remember that the treaty's got two partners and all of that stuff about principles is about um, law. And the law that existed here before 1840 was called tikanga. So law existed here, and those principles have been developed without any uh, recognition of tikanga. And this is why I'm sort of critical of many of the academics who try and talk about the treaty. The second bit, if I can just talk about protection, uh, the idea of protection of rangateratanga, well, rangateratanga is where most of the breaches have occurred, and you can have a look at it in land. So 90% of the land that Māori had has been either confiscated or illegally purchased. So we've only got about 7 or 8% of what we had. I think 6% is where it's put at, but, you know, around about that. So so when you're looking at protection, the principle of protection is actually about revitalisation and redress or, or restitution and or development. Um, so it's about revitalisation. Um, but they still talk about um, protection without retribution necessarily, although the treaty settlements, you know, evidence that those breaches um, did breach um, basic human rights law, so they're taking place. But the settlements are only worth 2% of what's been taken. So, you know, we, you're not you're not scoring too well out of that. Yeah, and then the although other there's not an endless pit of money either, and, and in the end it's no. the taxpayer that has to cough it, right? So. Yeah. 
Yeah, but but the other thing is that what you've got to remember is when those settlements are done, Māori accept 2% and they give 98% back to the country. So, you know, and, and I don't think people look at it that way. They just look at Māori getting whatever they get, which, as I said, it's 2% of what was entitled to take it. Because someone's benefited from that stuff being taken, and it hasn't been Māori. But they gift back 98% of what, you know, by settling, they're gifting back 98% of what they're entitled to have. The last one is about um, equality. And, you know, once again, you can see massive breaches of that. So um, despite David Seymour saying Māori are privileged, you know, when you have a look at health, education, housing, justice, all of that, you know, you can see that there's no equality of outcomes for Māori there. So, you know, Māori don't enjoy non-discrimination or, you know, so you know those those are the those are the principles, and if they were addressed as obligations, then or, or even if they had tikanga attached to the way they're addressed instead of just law, then perhaps that would be a proper conversation. The other thing is that in the draft bill that um, that um, David Seymour directed, he said there's to be no consultation on the first stage of the draft. Well, how can you draft anything? about the treaty without talking to the treaty partner. There's also government has said that this constitutional issues can't, you know, what, they're not going to talk about constitution, and yet they say that the treaty is a critical part of our constitution. So how can you change the treaty without having constitutional conversations? So, you know, um, democratically, it's a hell of a mess. Yeah, democratically though, um, the nation, the voters of the nation have made collectively a decision that's resulted in a change. Um, there are a number of reasons for that, but uh, this, what we're talking about here, is, is I think one of them. So, where do you see things going from here, given this has happened? Well, first of all, um, as I understand the um, the the um, Bill has to, you know, get the consent of all the parties, and National has promised that they will give consent to it going to the first reading. Yeah, and um, and then they're not going to support it. They say that. So I think, in terms of that, in terms of its progress to where where um, Act intended taking it, um, it's it's not going to get there. But it's going to create enough division um, and polarization, you know, to I think to divide the country quite badly. Um, because we, you know, we don't basically, want that. No, we, we don't well, want no, we don't. You know, I don't mind difference, but I certainly don't want polarity around something as critical as the treaty and and indigenous. The thing is that you know the other thing is about when you're touching the treaty. Um, what David Seymour is appealing to, as I said with Julian Batchelor, you're appealing to an ignorant community. You know, like like one of the big things that he, they say is about equality, and and he defines equality as people having the same rights, and you know that's not so. Equality isn't that. Equality is having equal rights which means that we have a right, you know, as earlier I said, a right to language, but we don't have the right to the same language. For example, 
a, um, a migrant from um, Cambodia who arrives here has a right to use his or her language. They've got a total right to do that. Yeah. Māori have a right to use our language as well. But Cambodians don't have a right to have access to our language. They don't have that as a basic human right. They've got a right because they're citizens and because Māori want it, want it to be used by everybody, but that's quite different. It's a different right. And we don't have a right to... Yeah. And because the language belongs here, the language is, the language is as much here as Mount Auraki is here, and Mount Taranaki, or the Waikato River. It belongs here. And if we go to Australia, we don't have that same right to Māori language because it belongs here. It doesn't belong there. And that's where, you know, the whole business about equality, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, a simplistic and a populist um, type of explanation of equality, equal rights. Um, the other thing is about whakapapa. You know, like um, he, he talks in the bill about everyone having rangateratanga. Well, that's actually not true. Rangateratanga is a form of self-determination. Now, everyone has a right of self-determination. No question about that. Every family, every community, every ethnicity has a right of self-determination. The way Māori express it is called rangateratanga. I don't know how the Aboriginals express it. I don't know how the other people express it. But in English, it's expressed as self-determination, which means you can determine your own development, political, social, economic, environmental, cultural, religious, whatever. You can determine that. Rangateratanga is a, is a specific way of expressing self-determination for Māori because it's about, it's about the Māori worldview. It's the knowledge that belongs to Māori. It's not just our right of self-determination. Our, it's our right to maintain our relationship with the land that we whakapapa to. It's a right to having a, um, a whanaunga relationship with the forests that we belong to. It's a right to see the world as we belong to this land instead of this land belongs to us. That's how Rangateratanga expresses itself. It's not just, you know, you can't say because you decide to give them that, um, you know, a, a new migrant from Sweden has got rangateratanga. They have the right of self-determination, absolutely, but they don't have the right of, of rangateratanga. Just to finish up on, I want to talk quickly about Waitangi Day. I had a look at, uh, again, Norm Kirk's 1974 New Zealand Day, as it was then, oh, the first yeah. New Zealand Day. Um, that uh, he spoke at only, uh, what, six, seven months before he died, actually. Um, and the Queen was there and uh, the current King was there. It was quite an occasion. It was a very hopeful, and it was of its time, so, you know, mm. we must remember that. But it was very hopeful um, um, talk about New Zealand, Aotearoa New Zealand, looking forward into the future. And it it's like a world away from you know, Waitangi Day last week. Um, can you see a time where, you know, we can kind of capture that, I don't know, that spirit of, of 1974, let's say, or maybe it wasn't even there in the first place. I don't know. What's your opinion on that? Well, um, I think the big call amongst Māori society at the moment 
is this word called kotahitanga. And kotahitanga is about unity. And at um, Tūranga Waiwai on the 22nd of um, whatever, January, I think it was. Yeah, no, it was Jan, yep. yep. Yeah, 22nd of Jan, Tūranga Waiwai Marae and the Kingitanga had this hui that focused on kotahitanga. And there were a lot of words said about it. And everyone was holding their hands up and say, yep, we're united. We want to be united, blah, blah. And then everyone went to Waitangi and said, uh, to Ratna and said the same thing. So Kotaitanga is about unity. And one of the things that's happening with that conversation, and I don't know if you've heard Rahui Papa talk about it, but he's, he's seeing, um, he's the king's um, spokesperson. Mm-hmm. And he'd be useful to get on your show, Paul. He's um, he's speaking on behalf of Iwi Chairs and on behalf of Kiwi Tanga. That'd be great. Uh, and we'll try. Kingi Tanga, yeah. So, um, but he, um, but more and more, the talk about Kotahitanga is about uniting all New Zealanders. And um, and you know, Iwi Chairs have got a vision about Kotahitanga and about that. Um, you know the united new zealand that you're talking about and it's that that um, through kotahitanga all whanau will achieve their potential so you know we've um so that whole notion of what you're saying is is really you know we're nationally we chairs is is trying to head and more and more that kotahitanga movement is really about embracing embracing that as well so that um we are united totally as as a as peoples, and so that's where I see the conversation going at the moment. Well, I'm sure we'll catch up again during um, this year, uh, Bill. So thanks for coming back on RCR. Great to have you again. Good to see you looking well because I can actually see you while we're talking here too, even though this is audio only for our audience. And uh, I look forward to catching up again sometime. Thank you for the opportunity, Paul, and good luck with the other discussions. Kia ora tato. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio. Loving what you're hearing? Well, the establishment hates it. And right now, they're conjuring up new ways to try and censor RCR. To ensure you never miss a beat of the hard-hitting news you've come to know and love, make sure you're on the RCR mailing list. Get connected now at realitycheck.radio forward slash email.